Yo, 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 what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Black Nerd Fridays. Hey. And of course, I got my co-host with me, the man, the guy that we have private conversations about a bunch of different stuff, my homie D. Neal. I'm in here. Also, what up? Also, the scientist, the professor, the one who has a perspective that we always have the same thing on point, Mrs. Kinky Suds. Suds. What's good Woo! with you? How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm excited, man. This is, you know, we got we got to do this rotation. Next, it should be says at least uh, leaves alive and get it going, you know? Yeah, I like yeah, this. yeah, I hear you. I hear you talking over <laughs> here. I hear you talking. So anyway, we're talking about Kite today. Uh, but before we get into that, as always, this is Black Nerd Fridays, but we also enjoy more than just sci-fi, anime, movies, etc. We drink beer. That's so right. what is it that y'all guys are drinking on? Because I'm going to break mine out last. We're going to start with the homie. The lady, Mrs. Suds. Suds. So I'm going to first start off with my glass that I have. Oh, it's nice. a new glass from Beer Selfie with okay. one of our favorite <clears throat> glass makers. Yeah, that drip. Drip, drip. I and like I'm actually going to have beer in it this time because some people. I know, right? Sean, I told who, you Sean D would not, respect, not, who, not respect that water. But we're giving right? me crap. Just keeping it on it. Mm-hmm. But. I, you know me, I like to go with seams. So I came up with this tangerine creamsicle froyo. Nice. And this is from, because like you said, I am a scientist. Yeah. Ingenious Brewing Company. Look at that. Nice. 8.2%. Okay. I love this it. This bad boy is, it was actually brewed and canned in Humble, Texas. Humble, right? I was like, what? But this is a hazy IPA made with lactose, vanilla beans, oranges, and tangerines. I picked this one because since we're talking about child or you know children assassins, I just thought you know they didn't really have an opportunity to enjoy their childhood, which we all had like some type of creamsicle ice mm. cream thing when we were a kid. So okay. I wanted to go with that theme of just having it with kids and have it something be kind of sweet because it is a pretty. You would think it'd be kind of a sweet thing because it's kids, but it actually isn't. It's mm. not sweet at all. Mm. <laughs> Innocence mm. is lost. Shit ain't yes. sweet out here. Yes. Nah. <laughs> Nah. So, D. Neal, what you got, homie? Oh, man, you already know. You know, I had to bring it. No. Um, no shout out. Five <laughs> I only got four today, but shout out Crown and Hops, uh, T.O. and Benny. You know what I mean? They uh, they came to the town, Oakland, California, uh, and they definitely stopped by. Now, the beers that they had that was like the one they just released, uh, the um, Undead Couldn't Kill Them or something like that. The um, the oh, one yeah. that. Zombies. Yeah, the zombies. Yeah, zombies mm-hmm. couldn't kill them. He's uh that's they they are on their way to Vegas I think this weekend or or they today are. but I, yep. that one that one went really fast they also had a kettle sour that was like a key lime pie that was yes it was in the green can yes I love I got, yeah I got a couple I got a couple of pictures with Tio man I love Tio to death very, very big inspiration to me him and uh, Rob Archie. Well, I'm the going old to, man uh, with the raspy voice. It yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah. wisdom. Oh, man, I, tell, I told a horrible, awkward joke at the end, and I didn't think T.O. got it. So, so I was like, <laughs> like I, gotta double yeah, back. Man. I gotta double back when I see him again. But, um, yeah, uh, real quick, so I don't take, take too much time. So, I'm doing uh, the Three Weaver, you know what I mean? That, um, this is their uh, West Coast IPA, definitely it's uh, six percent ABV. So, that one, that thing is uh, pretty nice. I'm trying to get that zoom just right on that. Um, also. They, uh, I went to shout out to Oak Park uh, Brewing Company in Sacramento, California, uh, but I'll get to them in a second. Also, I got there. Uh, they did a collaboration with Full Circle. 
And this one's called Circle of Crowns. And I love mm. it, man. That, that full circle logo with the nice. uh, skull. Colorful. And then you also have the Crown and Hops crown, of course. This is their second collaboration doing this, bringing this back. And this one is a sour tart, tart, oh, excuse me, tart ale. And it definitely is tart, like for real. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> the ABV on this joint is uh, 5.6%. So I know if Brick's on watching, shout out to Brick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gonna be like, come on, man, where's where's the high ABV? But that's coming, man. I, I know, know I'm man. higher than you today. I'm at 8.2. Come on, man. Uh, hey, but I got four though. So, uh, and then you got the shout out to Oak Park Brewing Company with their brew te- brew on Juneteenth. Um, that was fun. Episodes coming for that on the Beer Talk Now uh, podcast. But definitely had to get this joint right here. That's their Indian uh, Pale Ale right here. Nice people beer. This is a uh, 6.7. You know. And got the man, you know, got the man, the myth, the legend, yes. uh, the yeah. reality, excuse me, not the myth, the real person uh, <laughs> on there for the Juneteenth. And last but not least, and I'll shut up, is I got the good old <laughs> Timiskel Brewing Company uh, out of here in Oakland, California, uh, North Oakland to be exact. And it's the Reunion Double IPA. Really enjoy this one. Uh, this is just, and then the can art is hilarious. It reminds me of like a Rick and Morty episode, which, yes. I, which we <laughs> definitely got to talk about. We definitely got to get to Rick and Morty because this season is hilarious. Uh, and this one is a, I think it's like an 8% if I'm not mistaken. But let me not play myself and lie to y'all for real, for real. Uh, but you know I'm what? right, 8.5. So, you mm, know, I'm going to start off with the three. Yeah, I'm going to start off with the three Weaver. Definitely going to do the Tart Ale last. Uh, and we're going we gonna to go, we're going to go IPAs all day because my stout game, I just ain't got this. You know, I was going to say the one thing I wanted to add and a little bit of fun fact, I don't know if you guys know, but on the person that's on the Oak Part uh, brewing can. Yeah. Supposedly supposed to be the most photographic person or most photographed person from back in the day. Oh, yeah, definitely. Supposedly. Nice. Well, you know, you know how that go. That go around not seeing not thinking black people are human first and then also not thinking that they're intelligent. You are when we we are we are beyond intelligent. Matter of fact, y'all always stealing our shit. But that's another topic. And I'm gonna pour up. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let Mr. Refine get on it. You know what I mean? I, hey, we gotta keep it black all the way, baby. All that's the day. Right. Well, today I'm gonna go with something a little cocoa crazy. This okay. is a um, imperial stout from other half. It's raw coconut, coconut milk, and toasted coconut. Fourteen percent. I brought out some high ABV stuff because this show, this movie was deep man it was a lot of stuff going on it was dark just like the beard but it also had a little things that i wanted to add i needed to add some sweetness because you had some kids in there so Mm. it was a dark deep movie now as always we always talk about the good the bad and the ugly and we're going to start out with kinky cells i want to know what your good is on this show because before i before you go ahead and speak your speech I have some stuff I want to say, and I'm gonna let you get it all off. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna cut you off and let you get it off. But this show was very, very dark. It was filmed in 1998, and from yes. what I understand, it might even be banned right now in the U.S. So, watching this show, watching this movie, I keep saying show, watching this movie was something new. It brought back memories to me of Blade Runner esque, and just a different vibe from that time. So. Go ahead, Kinky. Speak your speech. What's your good on it? Man, I have to say when you, if you don't know, if you haven't watched it yet, I'm just going to put it out there that there may be some triggers while watching this movie. Um, But I think overall, the fact that you're going with children that are assassins 
and some of the technology that was used in particular with the bullets, I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very action packed from the beginning to end. And it really got you wondering towards the end, like what's next. Uh, so the whole idea that you have this young girl who's thrown into this adult theme and an environment and she's trying to make her way through the world and she finds someone of the same age as her who again got pulled into this this world that they didn't want to it was really interesting seeing how those two had developed over time but i think that there was a lot of things that about them as characters that you get hints of it but i wish you know we got a little bit more but i thought it was really interesting to see this type of dynamic between adults that are exploiting children because this is something that happens we see a lot happening in our world today so i really love the story I thought the fight scenes were really good. And I think another thing too is um, there's on YouTube, someone had created a nice little, um, like took sequences from the fights in the movie and paired it with the song that it was really well. And so Mm. I think if you watch that after watching this movie, you're just like, man, it really took a lot of powerful parts and blended it well with the move with the music. But overall, I thoroughly enjoy it. I thought the characters were great, Uh, but I'll get into some of my bad and ugly, but overall, (laughs) I really loved it. I really loved it. Good, good. So, D, what was your thoughts on that? On that, good. Five yeah. minutes, no joke. <laughs> no, 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 definitely with the good. The artwork was was uh, was amazing. Uh, I love the expression in the eyes when there was no expression. Like it, it really just <clears throat> uh, really showcased the aspect of just being drained and lost. And then at the flick of, I mean, literally like a flick of a switch then the eyes have emotion. And I'm talking about Sawa, the main character. Uh, I thought that just that level of detail, even though it had a very uh, stereotypical uh, big, big eye Japanese eyes at the same time, it almost had the, it had the doll like almost glazed over type aspect, but I really, mm-hmm. I really, and I really enjoyed watching characters, facial expressions. And you just really got outside of the, Children assassins' eyes, everyone else's eyes, adults and everything, their eyes were very warm. It, it showed a lot of emotion, um, but theirs, there, it was like void of emotion. And then for Sawa to just turn it on and have that emotion again, like I was like, this is, this is pretty, this is pretty epic. So they really paid a level of detail that I really enjoyed. I like that. I like that. Y'all both hitting on some very good notes. Um, I'm gonna go with just straight up out the box, out the gate. I really, really love the animation. I was getting Akira, Ninja Scroll vibes, just that old school classic vibe to me. Like I said, it was a little Blade Runner-ish because based upon like it looked futuristic. And even at the beginning when she uh, took somebody out and jumped off the top of the building and, you know, the music, that jazz music, that just yes. got me. It really, really Cowboy got me like the music. Yeah, it had that, <laughs> that that Cowboy Bebop feel, but this is pre-Cowboy Bebop, so... It is. We got to give, we gotta give, um, we gotta give Cadence and respect on the name of what it is, but it was very, very good, very well-rounded. Like I said, it was a dark, dark movie. Hmm. Um, I loved, loved, loved the music, loved the animation, and I'm sure that they could have done a lot more with it. And I believe they might have did something else, which we'll talk about later yeah, on. Yeah. But, um, yeah. yeah I, watched, it, I, it, I, I actually watched the second movie thinking it was a continuation of something, but it was not, totally, yeah. totally I'm different. About the liberation or whatever it was. Yeah. And I watched yeah. that whole thing and I was just like, ah. Oh, and man, the characters like, are in there. <laughs> yeah. Here. I was like, nah, I was like, y'all just, yeah. 
right. So with that all being said, what's your thoughts on the bad? Because as always, we talk about the good, the bad and the ugly. And my good is what it is. But I'd like to know your thoughts on the bad. And I'm going to start with you, D. What's your thoughts on the bad of this movie? If you have any at all. Yeah, I mean, my, yeah, no, my, my bad, my bad on the movie is just um, uh, the yearning to want to know why uh, for uh, Sawa's, uh, Sawa's character. Like why? Spoiler alert. I mean, 1998. Come on. <laughs> I mean, her, her, uh, why her parents were killed. Why did um, I got my notebook? Shout out to the. Trusty Duck. Trusty Let's Duck. See if he gets it right. Let's no see if he gets it right. out here. His name's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Aki. Uh, yeah. Akai. Or AKA Akai. I, uh, with the, de- the detective. Why yeah. he? Why he and um, what the other dude's name is? You know. See, that's why I take these damn notes so I can remember who the hell he's. Start, Kaney. Start with a K. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Say his name one more time. Kaney. Yeah. Kaney. Yeah. I think that's how you pronounce it. But he. Um, <laughs> I wanted to know why they did that. Also wanted to know why they just kept killing celebrities. Like it was just like celebrity after celebrity after celebrity. It was really, I I was like, does he get, and and I mean, he did talk, uh, Akai talked about it, um, about what he just likes to see, which is people's uh, pain, which I was like, this dude is just epically like disgusting beyond disgusting. Uh, At the same time, it was like, I felt like there was somebody pulling his strings. So it really, it only, it really focused on Sawa. Uh, and uh, Akuri or Akuro, whatever. How you yeah, Akuri mm-hmm. on him. Uh, but I was just like, man, I w- that was only my only bad. Like, I really wanted the show to dive uh, more deep or, or deeply or go for part two, if that was possible, to really kind of get some, like, just more stuff of, like, who these people are. Uh, and when, yeah. we get to, when we get to the ugly, it, it ties into this on my bad because the ending um for a curry <laughs> i just was like i was like but i want to know like is that did that per did that person not know that that other that uh, what akai was going what was going on with him like it was just so much so that's that's all for me got it got it well i want to know yours because and and you can't get too ugly denise because i know you got you got your ugly which is what we really gonna get into but don't get there yet don't get no, there I'm not, yet. I'm not i got my bads my bads my bad for me is so, you know, when you think about the people that they were killing, there was no verification on the type of injustices each of these persons had done. Right? Mm. There was no way. We were basing it solely off of these two guys who we know are manip- manipulating children are telling them to go do. Right. So mm-hmm. there was no verification of what was going on. So it's like, OK, are you killing people because if they're corrupted cops already, which we know, are you killing them because they wouldn't agree to your terms or what? Right. So it was really interesting to see that piece of it. I think the other thing for me is, like I said, you get hints at each of the characters' backgrounds, but not enough. And it keeps you wanting more, which it's good. But at the same time, since they never followed up with it properly, it makes mm-hmm. it kind of like it's a bad for me. But I think the other thing for me is how it ended. That to me was just <laughs> like the biggest like cliffhanger you could ever possibly That's get. Yes. And for me, when Aburu or Buri, I should yeah, say. Buri, when he, yeah, I got his name wrong. My bad. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. In the beginning, you know, you see how he comes off really like standoffish. I don't care. And how he treats one kid in the beginning with her basketball. And then it comes mm. full circle. Mm. Right. When he has this change of heart, when he starts to see that maybe this life isn't right. I need to get out of this. That you think he's going to get this story of redemption and he doesn't. So for me, it was like, 
you know, he, you could tell he was manipulated, you know, just like Sawa differently, but in the same sense of getting pushed into something he probably really didn't want to do. And yet his life gets cut short, right? So sure, he's killing people, which we know isn't right, but did he really have a choice prior to that? Not really. So for me, I always felt bad in that regard of how he, how his story ended. But at the same time, like I said, my bad, it's just like, why would you leave me hanging? You could have given me something. It's just like how they did at the end of uh, the killing joke. You don't mm-hmm. really know if Batman killed the Joker. You're assuming <laughs> he did, but we really don't know. Right. So oh, it's just yeah. like one of those where you're just like, I can't. That's yeah. not bad. Don't, don't bring Batman that. into this conversation. Yeah, look, no, no, that's oh, all good. Don't bring Batman into this. It's okay. all good. We have to measure Batman. Anyway, go ahead. Hey, hey. Go down that road. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Because I can say the same thing about Iron Man, but we're not going to get into that. Thank you. We ain't going to get into that. Anyway, Iron Man will take people no out. Power. It's just that everybody else be like, no, Iron Man don't do it. Batman on that. Stop it. Batman on that. I'm Batman's on that. I feel alone because in reality, I'm still, even though I've been through all this stuff in life, I'm still that little boy crying. And then you like Iron Man to me too. And then you let all the black people people in Gotham get to deal with all of your craziness with your white Mm -hmm. billionaire self. And yes, Tony Stark is a trillionaire. And he he got, and the only reason we say he got parents' issues is because of the the movie, because in the comic books, it's because he's an alcoholic. But at least, mm-hmm. at least he had a black dude who was trying to tell him, "Hey, man, I need mm-hmm. you. I need you. And I they need replaced you to do the black man because they didn't want to pay him in the first movie. Hey, I was like, okay, but you know, I'm anyways, a, yeah, I'm not saying Iron Man back. Anyway, we're back on tight. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, we, we, look, look, look. this is a conversation we're gonna have off the screen. <laughs> but um, my bad, my bad. I'm just gonna keep it real short and sweet. Um. I didn't like that little fake Bruce Willis character. It was like P. Willis, which they were twins, and he had a, a mole with <laughs> yes. power hats, and she had yes. to uh, assassinate him. And I did love the scene, but I didn't like that aspect of it. I thought that was a little corny. They could have came up with something better than that. And I don't like the way that they left it like hanging. I felt like they could have gave you more. And as you said, Denise, that cliffhanger on the end of the, the movie was just crazy. It was like, yo, what happened? And we're going to kind of get into that because I got some thoughts on who I think or what I think happened at that point. But that's kind of my bad right there. I don't have too much on it. Um, We're going to get into the ugly next because this movie is just, like I said, it's dark, it's graphic, it's it's good. And I'm going to let Denise go first on this ugly because this is what we've been waiting to get into. So go ahead, sis, speak your speech. Man, so I think, you know, the most obvious one is just the fact that you had this man who, I, in my honest opinion, you know, had set this up from the jump, right? Like he saw an opportunity and this is pretty much a long, a long con on his part to eliminate her parents, get this young girl manipulated to what he needs her to be. And he took full advantage of her. I mean, full advantage of this young girl. And She's supposed to be a teenager. So I'm thinking she's probably supposed to be around the age of like 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, around that age. I was thinking like and 13, 12. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Way, part of me wants to, yeah, but still, she, you know, she's underage, right? So, yes. and we know that some of this, so back when you look at a lot of the animated movies back during that time, so like Kite, Perfect Blue, hmm. these movies really push the envelope with content that nowadays would not really fly. 
Um, and this is why I think if you are to watch this movie, I like to make sure it's explicitly clear that it, there's a lot of triggers in this movie. And mm. the fact that he is pimping this girl out for his own desires and for others to use. Talk that talk. Which is just like really interesting because this is something that happens a lot. And so when you think about sex trafficking that's going out there right now, human trafficking that's going on right now, young girls are always being kidnapped and turned out. And so they really were pushing this idea that, sure, she's a powerful assassin, but deep down she's stuck within uh, you know, her own cage, this dungeon that has been placed upon by someone who was there to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. So you kind of you kind of have to say, well, he's protecting his own interests while serving his own desires. And that's the way that I saw it. But I think for me, it was really interesting that they pushed the envelope with that. And it also makes me kind of think that were they doing the same thing with Aburi? So they never showed it. But again, we also know that young boys are also known mm-hmm. to be traffic as well. And right. so they never showed that about him. But it does make me wonder, were they doing something similar with him as well? Um, right. Because you see, they're picking these kids up at a very young age, a like young, mm-hmm. young age. And then you're manipulating them at a time when their brains are still forming. They're soaking up everything like a sponge. And you're, you're insti- you can instill fear in a child much easier at that age and break them, right? So yes. when they don't have a strong support system or no one there for them and you keep them kind of closed off from the world, what else are they supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So the ugly in that piece is that it really plays on the underbellies of what we know happens in our society. Um, but I think they try to at least say, but look, she made it out. But then that cliffhanger comes, which adds mm. to the ugly, because you really don't know if she ever made it out. Like, did she ever get her true liberation, her ability to be able to go live the life that she should have? So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's ugly. I mean, I think the other thing, too, is you're not big on graphic, you know, type of content. I mean, the way the bullets would explode. I mean, it was like really gory. <laughs> but I do think that that piece of him manipulating her in such a way was just like, okay. Cause like when you're watching it, I remember when it came out back in 98 and I was around the age of 11 at the time I was 11. So, um, and it was interesting because this is when, you know, you're starting to watch a lot of these animated uh, movies and stuff. And I was already reading above of my, my, my age. Right. So I think I had seen this like when I was becoming like I was a teenager. So not when I was a preteen, but when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting when you watch something like that and then you go and watch it again. as an adult and you're just like, man, like a lot of things you don't really pick up on, like the grooming mm-hmm. aspects and stuff. Right. And certain things that he would do or say, but the older you get and the more that you've lived, you start to pick up with these little nuances and you're just like, Ooh, Ooh. So to me, that's the, <laughs> the ugly of it. Um, and I, I will say, you know, as a as a woman, you know, you hate when they put this type of content in movies because similar to when you're a black person and you're watching movies and they like to exploit black pain, black trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you see this as a woman and you're watching this and you're just like, I get where you're trying to get at, but is it really necessary? Like a lot of women have probably had not to a full extent of being raped, but others may have had something where they were put into a very uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. and seeing that and seeing that she had no way of getting out of it. And they always make it, which is so strange to me. The women are really, really small and the yeah. men are very large and imposing. Yeah. So it gives this like power dynamic amped up. Right. So you feel her feeling small and she can't get out of it. So they're playing on that type of aesthetic, but it's also like, do we really need to always have that type of, of imagery when it comes to female characters? And I know a lot of that stuff would probably fall under fan service, which of course, you know, you kind of got to say that's, 
kind of fucked up. But, you know, for some, it might be because it plays into that fantasy of, of control. So mm-hmm. there was a lot going on with that. But I'm going to pause there to let, you know, my co-host get their say. But to me, that was <laughs> like there's a lot to unpack with that. No, I feel you. It was it was dark. It was heavy. And it's a lot to say about this movie. You can digest it. You can put it out different ways. But you always pick up on one main theme on there. And I ain't going to really speak on it, but it was a deep, dark movie. And um, we're going to let my man D. Neal get into his his uh, his his. Oh yeah, go ahead, get your porn. Go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna let you get to your I mean, I'm just on my part two out here. You know, I know y'all. Oh, you beer. finally made it to the second one. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. You said I finally made it to the second one. Finally made it. Oh, by the way, cheers, y'all. Cheers. Yeah, we didn't do this. cheers. We didn't do that. Clink. Yeah, we got clink the glass. That pour going That's Ooh, a nice pour right it. there. Uh, nice yeah, good amount of head. I'll just right, that's Oak Park right there. That's that Oak Park IPA. Shout out Roz and Jeff, Oak Park Brewing Company, Sacramento, California. Stand up. Um, my ugly. Hmm. Hmm. Let it simmer. A little messed up right there. Uh, yeah, my ugly really was kind of not kind of. It was that in between of Sal. Sal was just the 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 way that they try to showcase her mind. Uh, and it really came into play when she was talking to Obery um, and having a conversation about uh, Akaki, Akahi, and then, uh, God damn it. Akai. Akai. I said Akahi. Akai, and then what's his he name? He making up whole Kane? new characters. Kane. Kane. Yeah, I am. I'm understand Okaru and all this stuff. My bad. Anyway, that's why I got the co-host there. Shout out to the co-host. Um, yeah, it was just in that conversation, the, the way that the earrings played, uh, such a huge role against spoil alert, 1998, um, the blood of her parents were put into those earrings by Akai, Akai. Uh, and it was just, to me, it was like the ugly part was just the, the way the manipulation not only played out, but then even her realizing that, yes, she knew all along that it was, uh, both Akai and and Kanan or Kainan, uh, who were, who were really behind it. Uh, and, and to your, your point, uh, Suds, about how they try to show like these overpowering looking men compared to her as a young, a young woman, probably just, she was in her teenage years there. She was like in her yeah. 16, 16 years old. But reality was to me, like it was, it just didn't make any sense because this is a trained assassin. And I understand the manipulation aspect that will make it look big, but then also, which again ties into my ugly is like, that form of like um the the when when that the sex scenes were were shown from uh again I'm just being I'm keeping a hundred from her being being raped as a, a preteen to her actually being in this sexual uh uh relationship with this with this ped- pedophile uh just disgusting person and to kind of like almost characterize it as like um, there's like a sense, there's a f- sense of familiarity with those two to why, she, even though she knew it was them and she was being manipulated, it was almost like a, um, I'm not doing this. And then you put a Obery in there and then all of a sudden it was like, well, let's run away together as far as like, she had no other way to escape. And it kind of, it just, that, that badass assassin. And then the, and then the, um, 
I'm in I'm in some type of relationship with this person. And I know that that realistically from people, women who've been sexually assaulted or just men, men as well or manipulation in general, it can do that. But it just really that was like my ugly because I was like, she she knows. Uh, but she it was like, oh, she has to wait on another man. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to get into. She has to wait on mm-hmm. another man, which is not even a, uh, he's a young man. Uh, wait on on him and meet him. And and it's like, oh, now because I've met someone who um, I get to ask these questions with truth, uh, truthfully, and maybe Oberu is Oberi is not lying to her. And she felt that way, at least how they uh, uh, showed it that now she's like, OK, yeah, I want to I want to I want to get get away. Um, yeah. And I was just like that. was, I guess that was. Yeah, that's really what I'm getting at is like, Ooh. even with that, it was still like a man coming to save her even though she's a trained killer and like that just you know like, that was my ugly for me can, yeah. I, can I add something to that before you go, go right ahead sis the only thing I will say about that is I agree with you they do that a lot again that's another thing that they do with female characters is that it has to be a man that awakens their power they did that with Wonder Woman which I'm not going to get into that's a side <laughs> note. Um, but it was just interesting that they always have that but I think for me when I tried to look a little bit past it is Maybe at that point, like you said, she knew all along and it was either a couple of things. One, she probably felt that she couldn't really get away because he's a cop and she really didn't know how far his reach was. So mm-hmm. the only way that she could probably get it from out from under him if she kills him. But again, there's two of them. So how do you get them in a point where they're vulnerable, where she could actually overpower them? Right. Yeah. So when she finds and comes across a who. It's just like her well-trained and he too wants to get out of it. She's like, maybe here's my chance because now there's two of us that could go against these two. And at the same time, when she sees that he isn't like the two guys that have been kind of, you know, ruling her life all this time, she's probably thinking, okay, maybe not all men are the same. Right. Um, Because again, every time she came across a man in her and her dealings, either she was killing them or they were raping her. That's the mm-hmm. only way that she could really have yeah. that, right? Yeah. So Aburi was giving her something different. He was her age. He was giving her that idea of fresh. Yeah, we're damaged, but look, we still have a long life ahead of us. So that's the way I tried to view it and not going down its, its typical trope. But a part of me was just thinking that maybe that might be the reason why she finally decided to say, you know what, let me take my chance. Um, and, of course, when one of the guys gets taken out and, you know, Aburi gets hurt, she finally says, you know what, there's only one of you and you're really the one who's causing the most damage for me to begin with. So she finally was able to take him out. But I do get your point that it does seem that, again, she needs that type of push from a man to finally take that step. But, yeah, that was my. And I and I got and I completely got that. Oh, my bad, uh, Mr. Refine. I completely no, you got go, bro. That. It just really just it disturbed me. In the He froze Uh-oh. up. Yeah, he froze. Up. Yeah, he got, he, got, he got that. Uh, <clears throat> that's that. That's that Oakland internet, bro. I hope he come back. You know what? He was he was about to drop some major heat. He might have been. He might have been about to drop some bombs on us. You know, they didn't want to let him get his speech out. But till he comes back in, if he got a drop on, drop on, he probably hears us. Um, we mm-hmm. hear. But anyways, I'm gonna go ahead and say my ugly. First off, um, the whole manipulation was just crazy. Now we don't know why they killed her parents we okay. do assume because we that's it's not even 100 percent sure that the earrings that she wore had the parents the blood of her parents we don't 100 percent know that we're assuming that but right. what was very very ugly to me was 
those sexual assault scenes just yeah. over and over and over. And it wasn't it wasn't one time. It was several different times. We're going to start at the time when right after she walks into the house and sees her parents dead and all messed up. And then here right. is the quote unquote cop right here to save you. Right. But behind it all, this is the guy who did it. This is the guy who did it. And he's acting like he's the cop there to save you. And then right into that, this girl's probably 12, 13 years old when this happened. She goes to his house or whatever, and he sexually assaults her. That right there messed me up. I'm not even going to lie to you. And in the way that they like they were showing graphic details of yep. this. So this is a, a animated film. This is an anime. Right. Like the fact they was able to do that and they did it was crazy. And then not only did this happen once, it happened again and again. And the last one was when they they had Oburi and he was, you know, watching fucking the system and he about to get get it, you know, do his own thing. And him and her about to go off, do their own thing. They made him watch. You know what I'm saying? And it just it was very, very messed up. Um, but as you said, Denise, it brings reality to a lot of things that happen in in this world today. And I thought it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It just it was very, very dirty, very graphic on that aspect. Yes. But I do like how it would un- unveiled and opened up some of the truths that we deal with today. And I wish that they would talk a little bit more about that, like in, in life, because we already know the things that young kids, whether it be a boy or a girl, because as you said, we don't know what Oburi went through when they nope. got him, how they manipulated him. I'm pretty sure they probably did the same thing, whether it was sexually or physically. They got him scared somehow, some way. And they was even, you know, taking um, Sawa into that little sewer tunnel to uh, kill who yep. were supposed people that were doing wrong. And this is probably how they manipulated them to take out all these celebrities. Oh, they're doing this wrong and they're doing that wrong. You need to take them out. So it was just very dark, dark hole. And um, I would love to see some more of that. I wish they would elaborate a little bit. But anyways, right. we're going to move off that right now. So. My next yeah, question, oh. I don't see D here. He ain't back yet. Yeah, he dropped off. He just yeah, he definitely did. My next question will be, who did you enjoy? What was your, your favorite character right now? Like, out of all these people in here, who did you love the most? Man, I don't know if you really can love any of the characters because they all were just so sad, mm-hmm. right? Like, some were just terrible to begin with. But when you start looking at two of the main characters, with Salva or Buri, I mean, you... You want to like them because you're like they're they lost their innocence. They're still children, yeah. but at the same time, it was like they were just so dead inside, right? Yeah. And I mean, it makes sense after what they've been through. Um, and you basically have in your hands, you know, someone's life, but at the same time, your life is in someone else's hands, right? So mm-hmm. it was really interesting seeing that dynamic. But I think the other thing too is that with her guardians, as they like to call them. I mean, they were just terrible people. I mean, they were not only the ones taking advantage of her, but they bring in other people. Um, and they were, they had no remorse whatsoever. They didn't care. Zero. They, 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 and I mean, the thing that gets me, it's like when they got her, the earrings, you know, there was blood in them, but we don't know if it's her parents, but the fact that they would give her some type of sick reminder mm-hmm. of these are your parents, but they made it sound like it was such an endearing gift. It's like, how how do you do that, right? Like, how yeah. do you give her something to constantly remind her of the death that she had seen? So, I don't know if I really have anybody that I would say that I I was like, oh, I really love this character because for each one of them, it was just like, you're fucked up. I feel bad for you. <laughs> like it was just like pretty much, right? Like, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I really have anyone that I like would say enjoy because enjoy makes it sound as though like when you saw their journey. <laughs> hey, oh, he's back. No, I'm yeah, he's like, back. You could have kept going. Sorry, Seth. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, no, it's go okay. Ahead, go ahead. It's just like when you see his journey, right? Like when you see their journey, it's not like you're like cheering for them, right? Mm-hmm. Because every time they made a step, it was like something terrible happened. And you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. And that's what I think for me, I can't say personally that I enjoyed a character. I would say I <laughs> sympathize uh-huh. with a character. I empathize with them. But enjoy no I, I can't even say you like you enjoy the movie because it's an interesting concept but then at the same time it's like you want to say that with a little bit of an asterisk like i'm not saying i enjoyed certain parts of it or that i agree with the content but it was just like yeah that's all yeah. i could it's just it's like you got to get the deadpan look mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> like i, I don't mm-hmm. know so D, you got to you got to get up on your ugly. I want to hear what you're saying. You might have been about to drop a bomb. Oh man, I was I was going to, and I got pissed off because I was like, wait a minute, I checked the Wi-Fi, everything, everything's fine. It was just computer, so I just reset it, and it was good. Uh, just the ugly, I just was like, I just really was just disgusted in the sense of like, I like a victim. You can never blame the victim. What pissed me off was that again, the ugly part, having Obery come in there and I understand the aspect of uh, someone that was the same age uh, and someone who was, it's, it's like you, it's like you said, Suds, when we were talking on our last episode about uh, princess uh, Mononoke, if uh, lady uh, Iboshi, if she was a dude, would you still feel the same way? And it really pretty Mm -hmm. much ovary came with that testosterone. Like I'm a man and like, I don't agree with you and you've been using me, but I'm a, I'm going to kill you any moment. I'm ready to move on. And it was like, oh, now I see that I, it's possible. And that just was my other thing. pissed me off. Um, <laughs> but as far as characters go, which is going to be hilarious, <laughs> is that I like uh, Obery. <laughs> Obery really? is like, okay. I like Obery just because uh, Akai was like, um, he's dangerous. And I was like, well, he's dangerous because he's a young, uh, and at least in my perspective, he was taking that he's a young man. He's a trained killer and he can kill both of both uh, Kanan, Kainan and Akai. And I was like, but on top of that, it was the mentality. He he wanted to just live a normal life. Yeah. Uh, he was working at this at the corner store and it was like he didn't just take he did do what they what they told him to do. But it wasn't he it wasn't through uh, at least the way to back to Sud's point about they didn't show him being raped or show that some type of sexual relationship was, was, was there. So really it was to me, it was Akai, Akai or Akai was saying pretty much, I don't, I don't have sex with boys or, or young men. So I can't manipulate them through uh, sex when they're little, because I just don't do that. So that's mm-hmm. why, that's why he's a problem because I thought that I could control him. But reality is, as he gets older, he's questioning me. And I think all men, um, go through that some shape, way or form with their father, as far as like you, as you get older, it's like, uh, like, you know, you, you test the waters and you always, mm-hmm. get put, you always get put in your place, <laughs> but you, Facts. but it's, but it's every, and I, and I, and I think even in the animal kingdom as a whole, every species, the young man, the young male tests the, 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 the OG. It's never, yes. it's never not that case. And, and also too, the OGs might think something's wrong with you because you didn't test if them. If you didn't do it, that's a fact. <laughs> so, 
So that's um that's why I like Obery because they made him seem like yeah, I know this is crazy, but I got to do something different. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to mine. I actually um I'm an underdog person and to me the underdog underdog was Sawa. I loved her the most and I felt like she used probably the thing that hurt her the most to be able to motivate her to per- persevere through all the trauma and all the adversity she was going through to flip it and come back around and, you know, take these dudes out. Because at the end, we all know, spoiler alert, she kills Akai. Like, she's <laughs> totally out. Let's just call she, it what it is. I get that man a one-two. Yeah, she, I respect that, man. I really, really like More that. More than a one-two. Even though you manipulated this child, she had a strong mind state despite the the sexual assault, despite the abuse, all that, she was able to come back and still had her mind focused on one goal, to take you out to find out who her parents' killers was. And she found out that it was you. She put two and two together, and she took your ass out at the end. So I love it. I love it so much, and that's my that's my my character right there. That's what I'm going to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, man. This, this show was – this movie was just good. It was deep. There was a lot to talk about. Now, what I want to know is who did y'all dislike? Like, let's talk about that because we we like different characters on it. We like different things about the movie. But who did y'all dislike? And I got to start with Denise first on this one. I'm sure she's going to have something good for me. Uh, I would say, you know, pretty much every adult. <laughs> I I'm sorry. Everyone. It's like, come on. Like, even like the ones who, because you could tell the ones that they were taken out. Um, through these different contracts, so they clearly were up to some stuff. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because when they got got, and I mean when they got got, you could tell they were like, "Damn it!" And like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, right? And except for the last guy who was just like, who uh, Aburi got set up with, you know, it was just like he was like, "I have no remorse. You're a kid. I will kill you on this subway. I don't care if other people are on this on this car with me. That I'm was like, a I'm setting you out." Mm. You that was definitely a setup. <laughs> It was like, damn. So like you don't even care that those other people. And then like the whole scene was Tyler was going through and was fighting with the people in the bathroom. Mm. Yeah. And they didn't care that she was a small he, female. He was. They were like, We're gonna take you out, type of thing, right? So it was just like clearly you know some stuff that's going on. And you know that Akai and his and his partner, people knew what they were doing. Yeah. Because you're a cop. You know, people see you with this girl. People are starting to people can put stuff together. And like no one said anything. But again, we know this because we see this happening all the time with corruption within, you know, the public sector, right? Especially with police mm-hmm. officers, right? We hear mm-hmm. about it all the time. Yes. Why do you think there's such great movies that come out like Brooklyn's Finest, Training Day, yes. all these movies mm-hmm. that talk about this, right? Because um, it's so fat. For me, so for me, I'm just like all the adults, like every last one of them, because they all were doing something they should not have been doing. And for the people who were coming in and doing these things to Sawa, you know, putting her through the trauma that she went through, you knew she was underage. Did they care? No. It's just like what they were talking about with Epstein, right? Like it was those type of things that you hear about in the news where it's like people know, adults know, you can't, like sometimes, of course, they'll say, well, she's lied about her age. It's like, yeah, I could see that. But at the same time, sometimes you look at people and go, you just look young. Mm -hmm. And you don't get like that feeling Mm because we all get that gut feeling, the hair raised in the back of our necks, that spidey sense, as we like to call it. It tells you something just ain't right. And it's like clearly in these type of people, it just didn't go off. So to me, I was just like, all the adults got to go. Got to go. Yeah. 
So who did you dislike, D? I, I got to hear this one. Man, I dislike all these predator ass pedophile uh, <laughs> male males that was in there, man. And it like, and I, and that's the crazy thing. Like Akai or Akai was was killing all these quote unquote predators, uh, right. ped- pedophiles, but he was one himself. And he and he he did it even the to irony. the irony. Yeah, he he did it even to the little girl who spoiler alert, ended up killing Obery at the end. And I was just like, I was like, man, all of them, bro, like all of them can, all of them can get it, like, all of them can get the, can get the, can get the, uh, can get the uh, forty caliber, uh, and and call it a day. And yeah, I'm just with Suz on that, so I ain't even gonna take too much more time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go with mine. I actually, I disliked all the adults as well. I'm just gonna be honest, but specifically, I had a very high disdain for. Um, Kaney, something about him. Oh man, me wrong. <laughs> he just looked weird. His eyes, yes. they wouldn't focus on nothing. Something was off of him, and it was obvious because, as you see, after the fight scene with um Sawa and P. Willis, the P. Willis twins in the bathroom, she ends up back in in the, in the bathroom. I mean, back in the, the the house with him. And what is he doing? Sexually assaulting her. And I mind you, I'm thinking that she's obligated to. Uh, Akai, but apparently not. So Kaney had took advantage of her and something about him was just always off. He always seemed weird to me. They always messed up. Let's just call it what it is. But um, I really, really had a high disdain for him and I wish somebody would blew his brains out a long time ago. I'm just going to say that. So I was glad he got his end in the way that it happened to him. I'm glad that it was Oburi who took him out because I thought for sure when they lifted up, when Akai lifted that sheet, it was going to be Oburi under there. But to see the surprise on his face, like, no, you got my man. You took my man out. I love that. Absolutely love this. So, man, this show, this movie, it it does it. It does it. It'll, it'll have you through some roller coaster of emotions. It'll get you there. And I want to know, really, really, based off all this, who did you want to learn more about or better yet? Who did you want to see have a good ending? Somebody as as is put in here, walk off into the sunset. That's what I'm gonna go with. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead D. You can go ahead. Uh, I wanted Overy uh, to walk off into the sunset with Sawa, and I wanted them just to be able to to learn from one another. I mean, they had so much in common. They were dealing with the same pedophile predators. Um, yeah, man. It was just sad having Overy, and it's sad that Sawa. You know, we don't know who came through the door. I was I was hoping it was Overy, but in my mind it was like it's that little girl that that gave him the gave him the shot in the stomach. Mm. Mm. You had something. You was about to say something before we got into that segment. So I'm waiting. No, yeah, you got the look no, on your face. I know that look on her was, face is like what? <laughs> I know that ending still rose me the wrong way. Mm. Still rose, but I think walking off into the sunset. Yeah, honestly, I wish Sawa. And Oburi had their moment because they got pulled into something that they did not want to get pulled into. It was yeah. just against everything in their fiber. You know, it wasn't where it was like Jason Bourne, who was like, I want to do something cool. And then he forgets his memory. No, these are kids who were taken advantage of at a young age. that got dragged into this. Right. So for me, yeah, I would say I would want them to have that moment, especially if you think about Sawa, what she had to go into day in and day out. And then when she was fighting with the two guys in the bathroom in that fall, I think that's probably one of the most 
iconic and epic we talk about change <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. And she survived. That was and great. She survived. And it was like how she used him as the guy as a as a kind of a buffer when she would, you know, hit the ground. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that alone itself was just like, and you telling me that you're gonna leave me with a cliffhanger and I don't know if this girl made it, <laughs> but you show me this dramatic scene. I'm like, come on. So that to me, yeah, I wanted them to to at least or, or at least have it where if it was the little girl who's coming through the door that at least saw what got, got to, got the shot off at her, you know, and no, don't give me this. Oh, well, another kid takes the place of another one like that to me. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it would be truthful, but I, it's like, I want to escape. I yeah. look to movies to escape, not to be reminded of the sadness that we're seeing day in and day. Out, so <laughs> I, de- I definitely, I, I'll go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, Mr. Fine, but I definitely, no, I was just going to say, I wanted to see the same thing. I wanted to see Sawa walk up into the sunset and, um, I really don't think that it happened based upon the ending, but um, I'm going to let you go off into this next segment that you want to get into about who came into that door. Matter of fact, we're going to backtrack just a little second. Just this is a question. I don't, we don't need a, I want a long answer from anybody. Gotcha. When did y'all think Sawa broke free from being manipulated? I let, I let, I let Suz go first. You know what? Honestly, I think she mentally had broken away for a long time. It's just she was biding her time to do it physically. Mm. That's what mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Because the fact that when Avuri tried to tell her who actually did it, she was like, I know, I knew, I've known for so for a long time. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, she probably started putting it together because the girl was just smart when she was going through and doing her her kills, right? Mm-hmm. Like the girl never had any issues. So if you're that smart at that age, right, where you're getting taught this maybe what four or five years ago, right? This wasn't where it was like they took you when you were five and were kind of doing this with you like they did in um, Hannah, that movie where they were teaching her from a young age, right? Like this was like a short amount of time that she's learning how to do this properly. But I'm thinking mentally the girl was already the type that could like figure out ways to get out of situations and knew how to keep quiet, how to bide her time. So I think mentally she had been counting down how she can do this for a while and she probably put it together not too long because she's like how quickly was this where you could be the one that would take me as my guardian right like you were there the first one on the scene and all this like you started to put stuff together but physically i think was when aburi came into the picture that she started thinking okay i might actually have a chance to expedite this so that's nice. my thoughts on it nice did you want to ask something, D, or you want to move on to that big cliffhanger that we're trying to find out? Yeah, about? I'm just gonna say real quick, and then we go to the cliffhanger. I I just believe she got um she broke out the uh, being manipulated when that earring broke. Uh, mm-hmm. When that earring broke, it was like all of it, all the thoughts that that says was talking about just rushed to her head, and especially when Akai Akai or Akai came in, it was like I didn't find the earring, and he's the one that gave her the earrings, mm-hmm. and the way he was so nonchalant about it. And on top of everything, oh, talking with Obery and everything like that. And then that back to that point I mentioned about having some type of familiar familiarity with him and a relationship, or at least in her mind, it was like, oh no, fuck that. It's time for your ass to die. So, yeah. <laughs> I like that. You couldn't say it any better. Well, we got to get into this cliffhanger right now. I really want to know what do y'all think happened? Who came into this? To this door at the end because we all know what happened. We see that um 
Obery is outside. He's coming back. They think they got a happy end. And Obery's walking mm. outside. He got the grocery bag in his hand. The girl is <laughs> playing outside with the basketball again. Mind yep. you, the same girl that he threw the ball into the basket with, he shot it with a gun. And the little girl didn't even flinch. She put her eyes up to, to block from the dust of the basketball pieces, but she didn't even flinch. The other little kid that was with her, he ran away. So yep. we know she took him out. That was cold. That was sweet as hell. I got to give her credit. Obviously, it was training her, and I knew something was off when she did that. But I want to know, do y'all think she walked into that that uh, door at the end? Because Sawa was waiting. What do y'all think happened? We're going to start with Denise on this one. <laughs> so I'm going to say this. I'm going to give two two things. It leads you to believe that it's the little girl come in and clean up the mess that cut off loose ends. But a part of me, part of me thinks that it would be more sad if it wasn't the little girl, right? Exactly. Let's say the guy, Aburi, was able to kill the girl because, she, of course, she shoots him and he drops a bag of groceries. He's like, oh, okay, I see how it is. Little girl, go shoot me. Let's say he gets shot in the stomach, but he still gets a, a shot off. And he makes his way slowly bleeding out back to where they were because you hear the steps are kind of slow, right? They're not fast. So I'm thinking it's him bleeding going up the stairs and he probably gets up there. She looks at him and she's thinking, hey, we're about to go live this life. And it comes crashing down to her that just like your parents got taken away from you, this idea of a life that you thought you were going to have, nah, you get to say your last few words to him, but this is it. I think it was a bully bleeding out, dying with her in that space, and she just probably thought, well, what what the fuck do I do now? That's what I'm thinking. That's, that's, exactly, thinking. that's exactly what I thought. That's exactly yeah. what said. And that, and that would have made it more... Um, not it would have made it more of a less stereotypical ending by having yeah. uh, by not having the little girl come in there uh with the guns blazing because that would have just been a, dr- a drag out fight anyway that Sawa would have won um but Obery coming there and just falling over and all, down the stairs and because the cats didn't make a noise so to me that made it seem like it was Obery um and it was just like yeah, that that is the way you end something. That's the way you get the realistic pain right. without right. having Sawa, who everyone who would think was the main character, um, without having right. her die. And you know, mm-hmm. I think the other thing to add to that too is just the fact that if you had it where he gets killed that easily, it's like all that training at a bore of guns, or especially <laughs> when he was fighting with old dude. Like, of course, he got into some situations where, you're like, yeah, yeah, he might have gotten taken out a couple of times, but he still was somewhat able to get out of it. Although Sal was saved him that one time, but still, up to that point, dude was doing some fantastic stuff. So I'm like, sure, he got shot, but I still think he would have at least got a shot off or something because dude is a trained assassin. You might get to jump on him, but he's still going to try and take you out to a certain extent. So that's just me. <laughs> no, I hear that. I actually think at the end, um, I think it was the little girl. And the only reason why I think it was her is because Sawa wasn't even smiling. Like her eyes just looked mm. like there was no emotion. It was just a blah. She had been, she already had him kind of close from what I remember. And she was like, okay, just wait a little bit longer, wait a little bit longer. And you hear the cats, you know, meowing, making noises in the background. And then you hear the footsteps and you hear the door open and she turns and looks and her face to me, it's like shock. So I personally feel like it's shock, but no emotion at the same time. I personally think it's the girl because even though they say she's in the background, say, oh, hey, let's go. Let's get the ball. Let's play and stuff. I think that doesn't happen. I think she goes up the stairs and puts in that work. That's my opinion on it. So I, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, um, one thing I, I did want to touch on for real is that this aspect of 
uh, Kid Assassins is shown in a lot of different anime moving forward. But I think because of uh, Kite, they they did tone it down a lot. And one thing I do not like about uh, the Japanese anime, um, the the editorial st- uh, management is that they are attempting to hide, just like here in the United States, attempting to hide the truth. And I think a lot of these uh, a lot of these artists really showcase the truth of how young girls, especially like even when uh, when uh, Mr. Refine and I, when we uh, reviewed the um, Erased on um, on Netflix, mm-hmm. you know, I lost that. Man, that was a great conversation. I was so mad I lost that. Yeah, never, never again. But even with the race, just leaving the kids alone or leaving the kids with teachers and trusting these teachers, trusting these, trusting these adults. Um, I think a lot of that happens even here too. I mean, leaving it with family members that you know. I mean, uh, uh, rest in power to Whitney Houston and watching her, her the movie and how she talked about that with her aunt, uh, who her mother thought she can trust and all that stuff like that. A lot of this right. happens, and I think a lot of time for anime, uh, the '90s it, again. If you if you were if you were not in the '90s as far as like if you were born in the '90s, then you're not you're not a, you're not dealing with you're not dealing with the 90s and how the 90s was uh we're talking about beavis and butthead eon flux oh, we're talking about that, that other mtv uh cartoon where the dudes like caveman got brought, brought back in the present time and i keep forgetting the name of that but in the ball-headed uh wizard who was trying to kill him yes uh, yeah. i forgot uh, what it was called it, it kind of reminds you of uh, to rock sort of thing exactly um yeah Ren and stimpy was another one too it just really showcased where 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 we were at at that time period. And, and I think um, just overall, and I'll stop talking for the generation who's under us, the ones that are b- born in the 2000s or the, uh, or the late 90s, the ones that are still teens now and, and not at anime and, and comic books and everything are on a mainstream level that it never did see when we were growing up. I hope I, I hope that they watch things like this. And even though they may be like, I'm disgusted at it. Reality is, is that that underlying thing is still there, especially uh, when just a few years ago, you got damn Jared from Subway who got arrested and put in jail for his child pornography as well. It's like none of this stuff goes away. And we continually and now I'm getting on my soapbox and then I'll shut up. We continually think that the world, the United States, which is not the world, the United mm-hmm. States is not the world is a segment of it. The youngest, the youngest quote unquote country on the planet. Um, But but we really act like just because things have changed in some little bit or you can hang out with people of different ethnicities or you can marry them or be friends and and you can do all these things that there's no underlining. um, uh, There's no underlining craziness. I mean, we have a dark side, and a, a light side, quote unquote, to us, the yin and the yang. And like my mom always said, it's good, bad and ugly and everybody. So. We just definitely have to uh, remember that. And I think that Kite showed us that. And that's why I think a lot of people wanted to ban it because there are little kids right now. I mean, in the Bay Area, in San Francisco, just a few years ago, like there was a raid on a lot of these uh, massage parlors. There was a raid on a lot of different uh, um, small businesses. And there were a lot of Asian women who are children, excuse me, who were in the are in these uh, in these professions. Um, of the the sex trafficking and it's like and it's in the bay area so i'm just don't don't think that it's sweet where you at and think that you're so progressive to the point where you blinded always keep your eyes on the swivel and always understand that good bad and ugly and the yin and yang and some people go more on the on one side than the other instead of finding the balance Thanks. you know 
the one well thing I, the one thing I'll add to that is I get that these type of things need to be brought to the light because like you said, a lot of people like to try and downplay it. Um, I do think that we need to acknowledge that it's happening, but then we need to take action to stop it from happening. Mm. And I know a lot of times people like to use art and this can be in multiple forms as a way of bringing awareness. But at the same time, when it's made into a way of making profit off of it. And I say Mm -hmm. this about black pain. And mm-hmm. as a woman, I say this again. We think about there's another movie called Irreversible, and it had one of the longest rape scenes ever in a movie nine minutes. Mm. Wow. And this woman, very beautiful woman, is walking home by herself from a party, and she gets attacked in like some little, like, sub, like, under passageway, right? And it's long, extremely long, right? And you see this in a lot of movies, like even The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. movies like that where they constantly are showing 12 years a slave story. don't don't forget that one yeah 12 years a slave right so it's like when you think about these movies and how there's so much focus on this and we already know that in society women are viewed to be a second gen you know second tier uh you know citizen no it's they're like just baby making <laughs> that's how <right>. society views <laughs> oh it's just really interesting that, um, you know, that they continue to have these type of scenes. And I know during the 90s and animated movies, especially in anime, it was like really a big thing to have. Like, like I said, Perfect Blue was another one. So it was like in Perfect Blue, it didn't actually happen, but they were mimicking or simulating a, a rape scene. The for go- a movie. Goblin so Hunter, too. Goblin Hunter is mm-hmm. a big one right. that a lot of people so, talk about. So they talk about this even in Berserk. Yeah. What happened with yeah. that, right? So yes. when you think about this, this was something that was constantly seen, and people kind of now I think are numb to it, like, oh well, you know, it's just media. And you're like, no, until you've actually been through that or know someone who has, or even have come close to that, mm. you know, it doesn't sit well with you when you're sitting there watching that, right? Not I mean, if all. they you don't ever see like we if we really want to get into some some stuff. You know, when you think about what they used to do to slaves back in the day called buck breaking mm-hmm. and yep. how they used to do this with the biggest black man that was on the plantation Facts. and they would rape him in front of the other slaves to demonstrate yes. dominance. But you don't see that when they show these slavery movies. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you, you know, but again, we know that this happened. But again, or where, it's the, like, word mother, really, or where the word motherfucker came from. Women in every slave movie is shown right. to be would, rape without and males were raped just right. j- the same and in Japanese culture too. Sorry, Seth. Right, but I know, but I'm just saying, like you, but the thing is is that we know that these things happen, right? But do you really need to put them into a movie to get your point across? Hmm. You can lead it up to that point because people know, okay, yeah, we know what happened. But do you really need to show that type of graphic material hmm. in a movie? Mm-hmm. You can still get it across of what happened. What you don't happened? need to necessarily make it that long or that graphic. And so yeah. to me, it's like, that's always been my biggest gripe with that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And we about to wrap it up in a second. We was just talking and this is what we do on Black Nerd Fridays. Yeah, I know you on number three. I got some stuff I can add, but I'm going to save it. This is going to be an off screen sort of conversation. But anyways, we talked about Kite, the good, the bad, the ugly, what it's all about. If y'all haven't seen it, I recommend, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a very, very interesting movie. But 
Again, it's Black Nerd Fridays. We show love. We talk about anime, sci-fi, uh, fantasy, all that good stuff. And we definitely do this. We drink beer because that's what it's all about. You know what I mean? That's what brings you together. So I hope y'all follow us on IG, follow us on Facebook, Twitch, definitely on YouTube. And as always, we'll see y'all guys next Friday, Black Nerd Fridays. Peace, y'all. Shout out to everybody watching. Hey. Right. Cheers. Hey. <laughs> Mm. Yo. <laughs>